In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie. This is to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps inside or outside on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13 from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Welcome to the Seahawks Band of Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. Chris, it's called the Tweet Machine. Uh, you can follow me at Mike Dugar. I don't have to spell it out because I'm verified. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CKID206. Once you get on board with calling it the Tweet Machine, you will get the blue check, man. I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> it's, it's coming. The powers that be will, will make it happen. Uh, but we are uh, bringing you guys part two of our NFC West Roundup series. Last week, we had Scott Bordeaux of The Athletic out in Arizona. Love that. This week, we have one of my favorite guests to have on the show who's appearing, I think, for the third time. Uh, on the show, I believe, in a different role <laughs> every time, actually, too. We have recently moved to L.A. Rams writer Jordan Rodrigue. Jordan, what up? Well, I, I got that wrong, actually. You haven't moved to L.A. yet, right? I am. Uh, I'm stuck in Charlotte for now um, and waiting till it's a little bit safer out there um, to move. But I was just thinking about that. You guys are like you manifest these like really positive changes in my job, in my job life. Like you guys are the, you guys are the ones who manifest these things. Like every time I've been on with you guys, um, it's been for a, a different publication um, or even now a different beat. So that's pretty exciting. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte observer, mm -hmm. the athletic, and now you're still with the athletic, but you're just going mm -hmm. to Los Angeles. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that. So yeah, just now no, that is, that is tight. Um, well, congrats on moving over to, to the Rams gig. Uh, welcome to the NFC West. Uh, it's competitive around here. Uh, all the coaches are really handsome. Uh, you probably already picked up one. <laughs> well, except for Pete. Pete's like the outlier. That's where all the coaches like teenage boys, and then it's like old Pete. Pete Carroll. <laughs> Pete's like, Pete Carroll's like your, your like L.L. Bean catalog guy. Like He's like your, you could still be rugged at 80 kind of guy. <laughs> uh well, let's jump into some stuff on the Rams. Um, let's talk about these uniforms. Can we do that for a second here? Um, for, uh, <laughs> yes, we can. I, I want to know this, though, if you've, if you've had this question, because I have this almost every time there's a launch. Why do, what is it about uniforms that just brings out the takiest of takes with, with people? Like, what's it been like getting those takes from Rams fans on the new unis? It's been so interesting. I mean, I, you know, I think in a way I was really lucky because – if you launch into a new situation the way that I've done over the last few weeks or so, 
Um, you really want to get a feel for like the range within the fan base really quickly. And it's hard to do that uh, usually during this off season time. Luckily, there was a really hot topic to talk about <laughs> for the fans. And so um, I really got to know because I, you know, I was getting emails and um, I'm working on a project with these uniforms right now. And, um, you know, I'm getting all these emails with a, just such a huge and diverse set of voices and, and opinions. And some of them, have been like surprising to me because coming from Carolina, they've just kind of had the the basic set for, for a long, long time. Um, and it haven't really done a ton to change it other than the logo, which still wasn't that big of a change. And so this was a pretty massive change. Um, you know, they wanted to represent sort of this completely new era back in Los Angeles. Um, so th- getting the details of that were interesting, but you know, I have learned a lot about the extremely wide, whether it's angry or thrilled, uh, variation in, of opinion about these specific uniforms. That's for sure. Who's who's really angry? Like, what email or like comment did you get? That was like, yo, this person is taking this this uniform change hard. Yeah, you know, I got I I went down a couple of Reddit threads and Twitter threads, and um, you know, I saw. I think one of the big the big complaints was the it was more so about the logo and sort of the ways that the logo was incorporated into the uniform. Um, that new Ram head, I think people have the issue with the horn being broken. Uh, it was explained <laughs> to me by the, yeah. And it was explained to me by the designers that it's, uh, it, it provides like sort of a 3d structure to the horn. So they, they designed these uniforms mostly for being, popping really well in this brand new, very, very bright, well-lit natural light stadium that they have. And also popping on this massive video board that they have and then popping on the broadcast as we know, like the TV deals are so important. And so that's, that's where they leaned. And so they wanted to have this sort of 3d element with the horn that meant breaking the iconic design, um, almost in half and kind of having a split in it. And so I, I've gotten a range of emails about that. Some of, some of which are really angry, and some of it was like, I, I didn't know certain things. Like, so, one person told me that it's actually considered bad luck in in some circles to break a horn or a, you know an animal horn like that. I was that, like, what? <laughs> I didn't know what? that. <laughs> you that, know, so I'm I'm learning every day. I think out here. <laughs> that might be the same person that looks at the moon and says, "I'm going to have a bad day today because it's half." Not fool. <laughs> there people like that? That's an interesting point. I never yes. thought about that. I definitely this is a this is this is a good angle for me actually. You guys are giving me a great story <laughs> angle. Like the psychological parts of everyone how they see things and how, it's a glass half empty glass half full situation over here man i'd never thought uniforms would be so polarizing people go hard one way or the other i mean that's good for our biz but wow no i, I just mm-hmm. it, it it blows my mind lasting on a uniform do you like them hate them love them what you think you know i i said when i got here i'm kind of historically really boring when it comes to takes about uniforms i don't really i don't really get it in terms of the the craze over new uniforms, et cetera. Um, I think, I think that they, some of the concepts that they came up with that color, um, it's like an off white, they call it bone. Um, I think that one's really, really sharp. And I would really like to see uh, a yellow alternate Jersey show up here. Um, in the coming years there, they have two more that they're going to release one in 2021 and one in 2022. Um, but other than that, I mean, I really just don't, I, I, 
I don't want to say I don't care because I do really care about hearing, you know, the opinions of the fan base. But in terms of what it looks like, I think what I'm excited for is like if they move the press box all the way up into the rafters, I'll be able to see them. That's what I'm excited <laughs> about. <laughs> I don't, that's like an underrated like part of like going to a new like stadium as a beat writer right. is like your press box view. I th- I, th- right. I still remember the first time I saw I haven't been to the New Orleans, but like my first like seeing pictures from there, I was like. How the? Oh my gosh! Have it's you, so difficult. Have you been? Have you been? Uh, you've been there, right? Yeah, because they're in the Saints division. Yeah, several yes. times. Yeah, it's it's really tough. They put you up under the rafters, and you're up under the the main AC unit that cools the stadium. So you, it's New Orleans, and it's usually you know up to eighty to eighty five degrees and humid outside. But you bring a parka with you, whatever time of year it is, because you're sitting up under the the main AC unit in the Superdome, and then you always have your binoculars for that trip because it's you are as far away as a person could possibly get from the field at that point. That's so that's just crazy. crazy. I'm like being like rebellious with my work. I don't I don't bring binoculars. Like I'm like anti binoculars cuz I like really am proud of having good eyesight, but I feel like my yeah. first trip to New Orleans I'm going to get that tested. Like that's Yeah, that's going to be a, that's going to be a tricky one, that's for sure. Unless they play the Rams somehow and in that way you'll be able to see the Rams no problem because <laughs> their jerseys are very very bright. Yeah. Chris, you got a t- you got a jersey take before we move on? I thought they were trash. I wrote 0 and 16. I guess <laughs> Oh, what? see, look at <laughs> No disrespect, Jordan. I hope they don't go 0 and 16 cuz that would be that'd be rough. But I mean, the, re- the the uniforms, they didn't sit well with me. Wow. 0 and 16 off the uniforms. It was either them or the Chargers. Now I got to I'm trying to remember cuz I, I wrote some I wrote 0 and 16 for one of these teams with those new uniforms. I think I saw your I think it was about the Rams cuz I think I saw your tweet. <laughs> Damn, bro. 0 and 16. Yeah, I was like these these uniforms are terrible. Well, to be to be fair, if they were to go 0 and 16, that would be that would get some good coverage from Jordan. I'm very <laughs> sure the stories there I would be I would do my great. best. Yeah. I mean, you, you want your team to go 16 and 0 or 0 and 16. Like you don't that 8 and 8 nonsense is no. That's <laughs> that that's that's not it. Um let's let's jump into the Rams offseason a little bit. They've They've done some big things here and there, done some little things. Just generally speaking, what was your kind of take on the Rams offseason? They get better, they get worse. What do you think? Um, you know, I think they're about the same, and I worry that particularly um, in the you know in their linebacker unit, they might they're going to be a little bit worse. They lost Corey Littleton, obviously in free agency, but um, you know up front they're still the same. They actually re- were able to retain Michael Brockers. They have Aaron Donald. Um, really, you could field a defense with just those two players and be fine. <laughs> like they'll be they'll be good. I think what's more interesting to me is so they had big coordinator turnover, um, new special teams coordinator, uh, new defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, and then Sean McVay has hired an offensive coordinator for the first time in a few years in Kevin O'Connell, formerly in Washington. And there's a lot of um, inexperience in terms of calling defensive plays with Brandon Staley, but there's a ton of creativity and innovation there. So I think that's going to be really interesting and it'll be interesting to see how Kevin O'Connell works with Jared Goff. You know, he was inconsistent. Part of that, I think, due to uh, poor offensive line play. But trying to get him to be more consistent, trying to kind of take the next step and, and hit the next level. And they need to do that because they have now officially lost their window of winning when the quarterback is cheap. And they officially are out of that window. And so if you're married to Jared Goff and you understand you're paying him this much money, 
you have to make sure that he is continuing to take these steps forward while also coaching up younger, cheaper, skilled position players all around him. And so that's going to be really interesting for me to be following. Um, and then how do you keep your quote-unquote Super Bowl window sort of forced open despite the fact that you've gone through all these changes? You know, you you parted ways with your star running back, Brandon Cook and, and Todd Gurley. Brandon Cooks is gone. Um, you know, you, you've, you've lost Corey Littleton on the other side of the ball. There's just, there's, there's some change and they have to figure out a way to keep this window open while installing some of these new personalities and new identities, um, on both sides of the ball. Speaking of Todd Gurley and the Rams releasing him, how big of a factor will that be? We know last season that he was banged up for the most part. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the season that everyone thought he would, but the, what are your expectations for this new running back room and this team going forward without someone like Todd Gurley, who was a mm -hmm. monster in the backfield? Yeah, and he did so many things for them that held defenses accountable and kind of gave them extra operational layers. And so when Todd was not doing so well injury-wise and, and wasn't getting consistent reps, that was really tough to keep defenses honest, as coaches like to say, because if you know that not only are you missing a guy who can really run down your throat and then also, um, you know, catch out of the backfield and can establish a play action, then, you you know, you, you are taking away so many of the layers that really make an offense tick. And that was part of the problem that they had. So for me, I mean, it was time to get out from, from not only under that contract, but um, just just to get out from under the injury as well. And so I think I really like this kid they drafted out of Florida State, Cam Akers. I think he's one of those really special guys who is able to do a lot with a little, um, played behind like a really bad offensive line at Florida State and made a lot of really magical things happen. So I, I, like, I like this. And Sean McVay, we were on with him today talking about how with a guy like Cam Akers, who is, is a do-it-all back, like he's a leave, leave him on the field, you know, all three downs kind of back, but he could also work in complement with a sort of slider, maybe a little bit shiftier, maybe a little bit quicker uh, back in, in Darrell Henderson. And so I think that they might be using a two-back system um, and, and where some people might say, oh, it's taking two running backs to kind of fill the void left by Todd Gurley, really what it's doing is adding more layers um, because with when Todd Gurley started to decline, they just couldn't, they couldn't keep that sustained and then they couldn't add extra layers in the run game because they were trying to figure out what the first one could be, if that makes sense. And so now they can kind of get a little bit more creative with their personnel groupings. Um, and it sounds like that's something they're really excited about moving forward. So um, that's what I'm interested in, but you know, Todd Gurley in his prime, that's a huge loss. But, you know, that for them, at, in the situation they were in, it was definitely time to get out from under uh, the contract and the injury. Do you guys remember your first experience or maybe funny experiences with cologne? You wear Old Spice and girls think you smell like their dads. It's a little creepy, but hey, smelling good is actually key. How do you like the other personalized products, deodorant, shampoo, body wash? What do you think of those? Well, how it works here? Take a quick two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are for you, one for work and one for kicking it. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and a .co, not a .com. 
hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase, hawthorne.co. Got it. And then real quickly, would you say the Rams got better, stayed the same, or took a step back with the release of Todd Gurley and now drafting a rookie who is going to be new to the system, is going to have a lot of growing pains, but ultimately the goal is for him to be the number one guy. What do you see there? I would say they got better, but I only say that I don't say that to detract from Todd's skill set, which is phenomenal, as we know, when he's healthy. Um, I only say that because now they'll have more consistency. Um, as far as we know, Cam Akers is not, does not have the same injury history. And like I said, they'll be able to do a lot more flexible things because they're not trying to establish a lead back in the first place. They will understand that they're going to have a guy in Cam Akers who can set, set up the ground game. And then from there, you can build all of these different facets um, coming out of the backfield, two back sets. You can do all of these different things um, because you've had have that one key player established. So I would say better just because they, they know what they're getting and they'll have a little bit more consistency there. We are. Uh, well, Chris, are you a Jalen Ramsey fan? Yeah. Yeah. OK, I'm a big Jalen Ramsey fan ever uh-huh. since the Steve Smith beef, his rookie year. I love when guys had that. That chip, that interview where he's like rolling his neck and everything with the sass. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you tell me. Seahawks fans probably aren't super hyped to have him in a division. Uh, well, what's the, I know you guys, uh, reporters just had a uh, meeting with him like virtually. What's the latest on what's going on with Jalen? Is he going to get the bag? Yeah, I really think he's going to get the bag. I really, and like good for him too, honestly. I'm always an advocate for players getting their money, as you guys know. And um, I think that's really exciting. You know, not only do you, are you going to get, Jalen Ramsey secured, and and I would say it happens in the next couple of months, if not sooner than that. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't think the season starts without him getting this contract. Sean McVay, I asked him directly too today if he felt that Jalen is actually the type of corner who not just will get paid, but could reset the market that we know is kind of been stagnant, like between you know fifteen, sixteen mil. Patrick Peterson being a little bit of an outlier at times. Um, and Sean McVay said, yes, he thinks he's the type of guy who could reset the market. So I'm expecting like somewhere between like 18 and 19.5 for him, honestly. And I really think that that's an exciting thing because if you're the Rams, now you have Aaron Donald up front and then you have Jalen Ramsey on the back end. And that's a pretty exciting defense to, to be able to have and um, something that I think uh, is, is a little bit nightmarish for other teams to have to scheme for. Oh no, no. The Aaron Donald is truly like a nightmare situation for like mm-hmm. every team, but like he's he, you could put together like when he gets into the Hall of Fame, you could only show highlights of him against the Seahawks and like you would understand the Hall of Fame induction. He just just whips uh, the <laughs> Seahawks over the over the years. It's like pretty pretty crazy to see. I'm really happy I'm with you. I, w- I want Jalen to get the bag. Uh not just because it's, you know, that's what all players should aspire to to do. I'm pretty sure Chris, I got this right. Jalen showed up to camp with a Brinks truck, right? This last yeah, this was in Jacksonville. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I can't just wait to see what he does with like getting you know nineteen million dollars a year or something like that. He's gonna fly, uh, he's gonna top AB's like a uh, hot air balloon thing. He's gonna pull up with two Brinks trucks. <laughs> I know. I want a plane. I want to see a. I want to see an airplane. That's that's what it's gonna be. Jalen yeah. Ramsey is going to come to training camp whenever they have in the midst of a pandemic. He's going to come to camp in a private jet. 
you know, with a new contract. <laughs> I'm, I can't. And he's going to have a chain on of a plane. Like, that's just double up on it. No, Chris is shaking his that's, head. That is doing a lot. I'm not mad at it. Do what you want, big fella. You gotta, yeah, man, when you, when, you, when you get paid, man, you got to do what you want. <laughs> I do yeah, wanna, I love it. I do want to look at the offensive line because Andrew Whitworth, who is 38 years old, has decided to come back for a three-year deal, which, if my math serves me right, he'll be playing till he's 41. What type of leadership will he bring back to the O-line having him there? Well, it's just, it's really important to have him, especially the rapport he has with Jared Goff um, and sort of the leadership that he has along that line. You know, at, at, at most of the rest of those positions, they're still trying to develop those guys all together and get um, a good rhythm going all as a cohesive unit. And they, they very much were not that last year. And so having the continuity, first of all, of bringing those guys back, but also um, having a guy like Andrew Whitworth back to establish sort of the, the captaincy of that room and, and be the, you know, the, the tide that turns everything I think is, um, is really, really important. And especially, like I said, as they're starting to figure out, you know, what kind of an offensive line unit and how each other's, you know, how, how they, how they, um, have established their movement, how they step back, step laterally, how they make their calls, how they communicate wordlessly. I mean, it's so important to be able to develop at the same rate as the guys alongside you. Um, and then to have a, a very vocal leader to kind of kind of direct the room. I think it's it's really, really important. Uh, for everyone listening here, this is back on the Jalen thing. Go revisit the Jalen Ramsey, Steve Smith here. I just Googled it again just now. Oh, my gosh. I, it's a classic. It was such great beef. I forgot he called him old. He was like, I don't respect that old man. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's just I, – I, I love it. I want I want there to be a, a Jalen Ramsey beef with someone on the Seahawks. I just don't know who it'll, who it'll be. Like, Aaron Donald hated Justin Britt, but Justin Britt's off the team. I want – who do we think? Let's, let's get a roundtable here. I'm saying Jalen should beef with DK. Like that should be the thing. That should be a thing. DK, DK is so nice. He he is though. That's why I want right? to see like someone bring it out of him though. Like I want to just right. see it. Well, it could be like the Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan, where he just got under his skin and DK just snaps. Oh, he got beat up though. Yeah, that well, was no Finland got beat up. <laughs> that's right. All yeah, right. that could happen. Who's your vote? I vote DK. Chris, who you got? I want to see Ty Lock. You jail Sam? Yep. Okay. Ty Lock. Like he's just he is a he seems like a dude that wouldn't kill a fly if he had to. I mean, Tyler's just. Laid back, mellow. Then you got Jalen Ramsey barking at him the whole game, and maybe he just snaps. I like it. All right, Jordan, who you got? I would. I think I'd like to see either one of the two, just because you have to use a different type of psychological warfare on those guys. Like normally, with receivers, you can just talk and talk and talk, and and eventually they snap. Right? With those two, like you said, like DK's really seems very chill, very nice. Um, Ty seems very, very calm. You know you you have to have a different type of angle. You have to take a different angle. And so for me as a writer, I would love to be able to, to dive into some psychological warfare there and see kind of the alternate angles that Jalen Ramsey would have to take to get under their skin. I like it. I, we're going to make this, I'm going to try and make this a thing. I don't know how, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to anyone, but I'm just going to just, just push the push buttons during the, during the season. Hey Tyler, did you hear that Jalen said you're not getting any catches this week? <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there. He, he told me, yeah, I, I'll just pass you know, that to yeah, you. I might have to do it's something. It's going to be like Michael Jordan, like making up the stories about <laughs> people saying things about him in order to get mad at them. 
Oh, and I love, and it made for great content. Like that made the documentary work. He like created villains all on his own, and you know, just, right? And just and just made it happen. You mentioned earlier about Brandon Staley, the new defensive coordinator for the Rams, who joined the team in mid-January, and now he's being teamed up again with Leonard Floyd, the outside linebacker out of Chicago that's been playing there for quite some time. His sacks have, you know, he had a career low last season in three, but. Their relationship seems to be a really strong bond, and perhaps maybe Leonard Floyd can get more production with sacks, and they have Aaron Donald, who's a monster, Michael Brockers, defensive end, he's returned. Talk about that relationship and how it'll benefit this defense and front line. Yeah, I think playing I think playing with the personnel that the Rams have will really benefit Leonard Floyd, first and foremost. But second of all, Brandon Staley, he just kind of gets it in terms of um, – the creative ways that you can set up your guys to be successful. And obviously that's going to take some time establishing a rhythm and getting used to the play calling part of it. And all of that takes time. But in terms of design, I hear nothing but really great things about how creative this guy is. And so when it comes to having sort of a quote unquote, like your guy who you know very well and have a past relationship with and a past experience with um, that kind of, takes away all of the get to know you steps like you can immediately begin scheming fun things with that guy because you know exactly what you're going to get for him and from him and you know that he's going to be bought in um so i no, i wouldn't be surprised to see leonard floyd's production go up a little bit and i also think you know that is such right now that linebackers room especially on the interior um inside linebackers basically an open competition and none of those guys have a ton of experience um so you need a guy like Leonard, who is is just really, really bright, really vocal, um, works his ass off all the time. You know, you just really – he shows guys how to be a pro, I think. And I think that's in part what Brandon Staley is going to lean on him to do. You want to kick the coffee habit, but you are worried about energy levels to avoid the morning slugginess and the midday slump. You need to make sure that you are hydrated. Hydrant starts – at just a buck a packet for 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com slash football. That's drinkhydrant.com slash football for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash football. We're, we're probably like a month actually removed from the from the draft. Uh, I'm I glanced at the Rams picks a little bit. I'm not I'm not like hot take draft guy uh, unless it's the Seahawks. <laughs> I just love slamming their front office. Uh, that's just kind of my thing. No, that's that's kind of how I get down. Uh, when you look at the the Rams draft class, just generally speaking, who what were your thoughts? You know, who you, who you excited about? Who you questionable about? You know, how how you feeling about it? Um, first of all, I like I like the Cam Akers pick. I think that um, they really really needed to go that direction. I know a lot of people were disappointed that they didn't pick a like a lineman um, in the you know in the first two round or they didn't have a first round pick but in the second or third round. But to me, there was like kind of a drop off in the talent level. Um, like you went from having really strong first round caliber, early second round caliber linemen, and then you kind of dropped off a cliff, and then you went straight to development guys who are like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. So for me, I think they did it the right way. I think they did well to to get Cam Akers. I really like Van Jefferson. Um, the word that I use to describe Van Jefferson is technician. 
um, like he's not going to fill the total Brandon Cooks, like send him, send him, you know, on a go route every time, like try to get him to stretch the field. Like he's not going to completely fill that role. Um, but instead he's going to introduce so many layers into the middle and latter third of the field that will just, I think, give people fits because he's so sharp in his route running and he's got a great, you know, great set of hands, great catch radius. And he's just a technician when it comes to running, has run a full route tree for a long time. He's a coach's kid. So he knows exactly kind of how to practice. And it's just, I, I think he's a fascinating pick. Um, I was a little surprised he fell. Um, I think the injury maybe had something to do with it, but, um, but he's rehabbing and seems to be doing well. And, um, I'm really excited about that pick for him. Well, damn Jordan, that was going to be my next question. All about the master of route running and Van Jefferson as quoted <laughs> by Dane Brugler, but you, you hit it all on the head. You answered everything I was going to ask. I mean, how he's going to jump in with this compelling wide receiver unit with Cooper cup, Robert Woods and Josh Reynolds. I got my answers. Is his name really yeah, just Van? Yeah, it's exciting. His name's not just Van, is it? It is Van, yeah. It's just V-A-N, that's it? It's not short for anything? Huh. That's... I'm looking it up for you right now. See, that's, that's see, Chris, that's that's. Nope, the it is, uh, and I'm so sorry to Van if I mispronounce this, but Vinci. Vinci? Vinci, I think with an emphasis on the I. Oh, wow, there you go, see? Learn yeah, Van Jefferson, and... And that's another good point that you brought up, too, with all these layers that they have. They also um, have several tight ends on the roster and then went that way in the draft as well. Um, like, I think you're going to see a ton of different personnel sets for them. We even have, like, you know, you guys know our podcast down here is 11 personnel is like a play on the thing Sean McVay just loves to do. But I really think you're going to see just such a mixture of personnel groupings now um, because he, I think he's he's pushing his own boundaries in terms of his own play calling and his own design and, and trying to get a little fresh and trying to um, mix things up and, and create like a ton of layers um, throughout every you know every piece of the field and I just think that's really interesting. You, you see it in their personnel that they've brought in, and then they didn't just get like you know um, I thought that they were going to and what was his name KJ KJ Wright. Who, oh, no, no, K.J. Hamler. There we go. I yeah, thought they were going to um, draft a guy like him, like just a take-the-top-off kind of guy, right? But instead they go with Van Jefferson, who can make things happen in every layer of the field um, and creates, like, different mismatches and different puzzle pieces all over the place and sets up other personnel groups. And um, I just think that's really a fascinating approach. It just seems like you're going to see them push the boundaries and push the envelope a little bit more this year. Well, it's that time for a quick and early prediction for the Los Angeles Rams. What you got for us? Ooh, and you know, people are going to get mad at me probably, but uh, I think this is an eight-win team, uh, maybe a seven-win team. So Ooh. seven and nine is what I'm gonna is what I'm gonna say. I think there's just there's going to be some growing pains. I think the coordinators have to get up to speed a little bit. Uh, it's hard without this offseason. You have a rookie running back who's carrying the load for you. Still not sure about the line. Don't know about these linebackers. Um, so I think I think seven and nine. Oh, man, we're throwing it back to the Jeff Fisher days. I love it. <laughs> and they beat the Seahawks twice. Don't, put that evil, don't you put that evil on me. I don't want to cover that. Oh, no, no. Well, I mean, Jeff Fisher, to his credit, did find a way to beat Pete. Yeah, like – at least once a year, <laughs> even though he was going seven and nine and and eight and eight. Well, 
that uh we we had a thought from from Scott on the last episode uh about all four NFC West teams making the postseason, you know, with the expansion of the uh, of how many teams mm-hmm. can get in. Uh, but I'm guessing you're like, nah, the Rams will be the odd team out, if anything. You know, right now it feels like they could be the odd team out. They've got um, sort of this really weird travel schedule as well. Um, and then, like, right near the, the part of their season where they have to start to go on a run, that's when they see Tom Brady and the Bucks, um in Florida. So I think that throws a wrench into some planning here for them. And I, while I think that if they can bring everyone up to speed um, quickly enough, I think that Scott's point, that's, that could be very probable. But this is one of those years where it, it kind of does feel like the Rams might be the odd team out, not, not necessarily in a rebuild or a reload, but just kind of getting their feet back under them, I think. And then I think they could be really good in the next couple of years. But I think this sort of feels to me like a get your feet back under you kind of year. Well, that'd be great news for Seahawks fans because uh, <laughs> what what the Rams do to them is just like the spookiest like possible thing. It's so weird. Like the the Rams could be so bad. Goff, uh, excuse me, not Goff. Todd Gurley's knee could be falling off the bone, right? And then they'll come and put like thirty ball on the Seahawks like every year. It's if if they have a down year, the Seahawks be very very happy about that. I can't believe though we got this far in here and I haven't like brought up my favorite topic that I've I love to talk about with every guest. I love asking about the quarterback. Let's just make this very simple. Do you think Jared Goff is good? I don't, but I want to know what you think. I think that Jared Goff is medium. And I think that in the right if he's given the right tools and he does his part and pays attention to the details, I think he can be good. Um, when the variables start to stack against him and like I want people to keep keep in mind like I just covered a quarterback for the last four years who they they basically gave him like two pieces of pie and a tin can to throw the ball to (laughs) and and put him behind an offensive line that really was like a paper towel against the Mississippi River and he still was good for like seven or eight wins this season by himself and so I'm, you know, I think that Jared Goff, you know, and, and this is no disrespect to him. You guys remember, I'm new on the beat here. I'm not trying to make any enemies, <laughs> but like, you know, I, I think that he is, um, he's a guy who, who responds very well when the system is working smoothly with him and for him. And so I think that that's something that they're really making an effort to do, um, not just by keeping some continuity on the line but also giving him more weapons. Van Jefferson and Cam Akers are two guys who can really add a couple of sort of safety valves for him. Um, and I think that if the system is working smoothly, he can be good. Um, if the variables start to stack up, I think that's where he runs into some trouble. So um, I guess it remains to be seen if they're doing enough to help him and he's doing enough to help them back. What's Jared Goff's cap hit this year? Let me look that up here. Just Seahawk fans love reminding it's massive. What, let's see, 2020. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 28-8. Oh, and it goes up a lot. Oh, 34-6. And it goes up. Oh, yeah, so oh, they're, mar- they're married to him for a while at oh, this point. That's, that's, that's brutal. I love that you brought up the what you previously covered in, in Charlotte. I, because I, I always, like, there's been some talk up here about Cam possibly coming to be a backup here. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, but I, I just love pointing out that Cam dragged the team to the Super Bowl. I mean, not drag, but dragged the offense to the Super Bowl. Uh, who The number one receiver was Ted Ginn, right, that year? I got that right. Yeah, Ted Ginn, and Ted Ginn's no slouch. I mean, no disrespect to Ted Ginn, but you can't really, other than 
maybe two, maybe three guys, and one of them is Christian McCaffrey, like, in the last seven years. I mean, you can't name 1,000-yard receivers for him. Like, you just can't. And, you know, they – at one point, he, he, like, almost won him a wild card game, throwing the ball, like, 60 times to Christian. And he had uh, Brenton Burson, Kalen Clay – Russell Shepard, I mean, you, you'd have to really dig on these guys, <laughs> you know, like you, you really, he just, he was, he was always, and I think still is good for, you know, several wins a year all by himself. He just made things happen like that. You, know, you covered Cam for uh, a long time here. What do you make of him being a, and this is a Seahawks or Rams related, but since we're on the topic, what do you make of him uh, not being uh, employed right now? Oh, I think it's bull****. Like, I, I really, and sorry if I can't, use that word on here but we're adults we work for the athletic right so (laughs) but like I I think it's I think it's ridiculous I mean you this is and again like no disrespect to Andy Dalton but I saw this quote that kind of summed up what seems to be happening right now um with all these teams with very questionable quarterbacks on their roster that are still not taking flyers on a proven MVP caliber quarterback yes with the injuries but these injuries are not insurmountable. Um, you know, it, it's like, it's almost like a lot of these teams are stuck in this sort of hive mind of thinking where you'd rather lose with the guy as long as he's your guy than bring in someone new and possibly have great success with them. And that's such a backwards way to run a team, in my opinion. You know, this, uh, once again, you covered Cam for a while, so I think you're a really great person to ask this to. One of the things about Seahawk fans have had an issue with about bringing Cam up here is the idea that he wouldn't accept the backup role, like just mentally. Like they're obviously disregarding the fact that he would have signed, literally, to be one. But whatever. Uh, wh- how do you think he would approach a backup role, whether it's here or just anywhere? Do you think he would be an issue for the like be a distraction for the starter, for lack of a, a better term, especially if he was like backing up Russell? No, you know what? I don't think. I think that's a misconception, and it comes. I think nationally I think more is is that misconception that's sort of manufactured in that way because on a local level you know when when he was hurt and he was hurt a lot over the last couple of years he would still show up to work every day and help out these like undrafted free agent quarterbacks and help teach them and help them learn the system and and you know he he is absolutely an alpha male in terms of the way that a locker room dynamic works, but Cam is not the type of person that just smothers other people so that they can't operate and have their own leadership. Like he's really, really good with people and he's really good at reading people and understanding um, the type of friendships, the type of leaderships, the type of, of support that they need. And so I saw that um, since, you know, the day I got there, uh, back in 2016, and that has stayed the same and, and actually even improved as he's gone through these adverse situations, including uh, when Kyle Allen was their quarterback and what a disaster that became. Still supporting him, helping him, all of this advice, showing up in like enormous amounts of pain um, after treatments to just try to be there for him. And who, I mean, who really does that for an uh, undrafted free agent quarterback who you knew probably wasn't going to be on the roster next year? Um, I just thought that that spoke volumes about the type of teammate and, and person that he is. Well, hear that, Seahawks fans? Cam wouldn't be an issue. That's just, I mean, I, I feel like we 
me and Chris knew that, but man, it just feels good to have someone say it. You know, it just it it, <laughs> it feels good. I mean, they signed Geno Smith, so it's like it's not really a conversation. But man, I just can't imagine a QB room that has Russell Wilson and Cam Newton in it together. That's just oh man, that would have that would have been fun. But uh, that's either here nor there. Jordan, we appreciate you uh, joining us uh, on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, maybe the next time that you're on. I don't know what's going to be the next step. Will you have one like three Pulitzers or something by the next time you're on? Oh my God, you're the one, dude. Your articles, holy crap, they are required reading in my household. Like you, you are crushing it. Thank you, thank you. Good. Appreciate it. And when can we look forward to uh, people listening right now? When can we look forward to the project that you're working on with the uniforms? Um, so I think I'm going to try to get it out. Um, early june we have a designer working on it with us so it's going to be pretty exciting i think it's going to be really interactive um just just as a little bit of a teaser um i have outsourced a 2021 concept um to a group of local designers and fans and so we're going to kind of see what what everyone comes back with the catch is Everyone only gets one piece of the uniform, and they can't collaborate with each other. So we're Ooh. all going to see like such a diverse set of uh, of creativity and concepts and, and voices, and um, I'm just really excited about it. Okay, that might get me hype about some uniforms. There we go. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's tough to move the needle with me on uniform, but that'll. that'll I know, do me it. too. That's why <laughs> I was like, oh man, I got to think of something that would be interesting to me. So. Oh, I, I love it. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, that, again, that's Jordan Rodriguez. Uh, now covering the Rams for the Athletic. Make sure you guys go follow, check out all her stuff. Please, please do. I love it. Thank you, Jordan, so much uh, for hopping on the show with us. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Once again, thank you guys for listening to our interview with Jordan Rodriguez. Love having Jordan on. She's tight. Again, make sure you guys go read all her stuff. Uh, and if you're not caught up, make sure you go check out part one of our NFC West Roundup series with Scott Bordeaux. He uh, covers the Cardinals. Uh, so next week, Chris... Just leaves one person, the homie Matt Barrows of the defending NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. We get to have Matt on uh, next time. We appreciate you guys for checking us out, staying with us during the pandemic. Make sure to wash your hands, uh, stay safe, stay safe. Excuse me. And if you go outside, wear a mask, wear gloves, and stay away from people. So six feet. That's correct. There we go. Social distance and all that good stuff. We got anything else? Nah, man. Thank you, you guys for tuning in. The Seahawks didn't sign AB or nothing while we were recording. Did they, they they got Carlos Hyde. Oh, that's, that's about it. Okay. Well, let me know when they get AB. That's a, that's that yeah. will be news. Yeah. We'll probably have to call him up on the show. Oh, uh, absolutely. Hundred percent. <laughs> all right. On that note, uh, we out. Tripping when you come